Good evening. Welcome to From the Frontline. This is Peter Hammond in the studio for From the Frontline. Tonight we are looking at, is the Global Pandemic Treaty aiming to censor free speech and suppress freedom? We have the World Health Organization, or should be called the Wuhan Health Organization, coming up with a Global Pandemic Treaty, which is demanding sweeping censure powers to be included in the agreements which they want every government on earth to sign. And there are a large number of UN member nations, including the United States, who have confirmed that they intend to sign the Global Pandemic Treaty in 2024. And once signed, sovereign countries will effectively surrender authority to the WHO in the event of a pandemic or other international emergency, such as global boiling, some kind of climate change idea. And under treaty, the World Health Organization will be authorized to declare global emergency and then to enforce measures to respond to it, something like the mask raid madness, lockdown lunacy, and salvation by vaccination, COVID cult that we were subjected to back in 2020 into 2021. Well, if the WHO were to declare climate emergency, for example, unelected bureaucratic globalist organizations like WHO would have the authority to enforce lockdowns, forcing people to stay inside their homes to supposedly fight global warming. And not only is the Biden White House plan to sign this document without congressional approval, but it's also been many others who around the world in Europe and other countries who say they plan to support the pandemic treaty, so-called. But considering how much has been exposed of the unscientific and unnecessary counterproductive results of the last lockdown lunacy, how the masquerade madness was not only unnecessary but was counterproductive, did nothing to help suppress the spread of the COVID vaccine, considering the fact that the COVID vaccine, which they assured us originally came from bats, uh, later on was found out to actually be made by people synthetically produced in a laboratory, in a biological warfare laboratory of Wuhan, China, which is run by the People's Liberation Army of China, meaning the military. And considering the fact that the CDC, uh, which is meant to be uh, controlling disease, but in fact had been funding a lot of these extremely dangerous gain-of-function research which put spike proteins and made the coronavirus 10,000 times more contagious than it would have been naturally. And considering the criminal activities and lies given by leaders, and it's coming out now with congressional investigations where, for example, Pfizer officials, before the Dutch parliament had to admit that uh, they hadn't done the tests and they didn't know um, whether the tests could do all that they promised and that the claims that they were safe and, and effective was unjustified by any scientific research. And, for example, they're telling pregnant women that was safe. They hadn't done tests and they couldn't have done tests considering pregnancy takes nine months. And uh, these tests were run through in less than four months and many of the investigations have been proven to be false. And then the collusion between big tech big media, big pharma, and the big state, together enforcing, crushing businesses, crushing people's freedoms. The Global Pandemic Treaty is a threat to free speech and a threat to freedom, not only freedom of conscience, but freedom of movement, freedom of religion. All these freedoms can be under attack, as they were the last time when we saw governments in as far afield as Canada and Australia and New Zealand closing down churches, arresting pastors, beating up people, 
arresting mothers for just a social media post, um, people being thrown off aircraft because their two-year-old didn't want to wear a mask, and all kinds of things which have been proven since to be completely and utterly unnecessary. So how then are we to respond uh, to uh, this threat of this new attempt which a top European Union leader, Christine Anderson, who's a member of the European Parliament for Germany, she has warned that COVID lockdowns and mandates are all coming back. And Christine Anderson has courageously issued a statement calling on citizens around the world to rise up against the return of COVID restrictions. And she said that citizens everywhere must reject this incoming wave of COVID restrictions, lockdowns, mask and mRNA injection mandates. And she says we need to say no and we need to tell these officials that we're not going to go along with uh, their scheme. We're not going to accept their taking away of our freedoms. We're not going to live in fear. We refuse and we will not comply. And she says if they want you to wear masks, say no. They want you to put another mRNA shot, say no. They want to impose a curfew, you say no. This is what you really have to do, she said. And that it may sound hard, but it's not hard. Once you made it clear to the leaders that you will no longer go along, once you let them know, they cannot scare you into compliance anymore. Because as long as you're afraid of what they might do if you don't comply, then they have power of you. Take the power away from them. Simply say no. Which is biblical. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And as uh, Christine Anderson put it so eloquently, you know, tell authoritarian governments to go to hell, which is where they belong. And the Bible says, Galatians 5 verse 1, Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has set us free. Do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. To the Roman governor Pontius Pilate, our Lord Jesus Christ declared, You would have no authority of me unless it had been given to you from above. That's in John 19.11. Clearly, all authority is delegated by God and all authority is answerable to God. Authority is limited, authority is delegated, and authority is accountable to God. The Bible is very clear that God has instituted civil government as an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Romans 13.4 Civil governments are called to be a minister of God's justice to punish those who do wrong. 1 Peter 2.14 the Bible makes it clear that the primary duties and responsibilities of any civil authority are the protection of law-abiding citizens and the punishment of law-breaking criminals. Psalm 101 reminds us that the duty of a God-honoring ruler is to destroy the wicked, to root out evil and to protect the law-abiding. And the Lord Jesus Christ taught that we are to render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Luke 20:25. 20, to illustrate this, our Lord held up a coin. He asked, Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. Well, we are to render unto Caesar the things that belong to Caesar, such as taxes, and we are to render unto God the things that are God's. By way of contrast, anything having the image of God, such as children, do not belong to the state. Children are not made in the image of Caesar, but in the image of God. We are to render unto Caesar the things that belong to Caesar. Not everything Caesar demands. Caesar receives the coin. Everything else belongs to God. The sanctity of life is a foundation for the establishment of all governments. For this reason, God commanded, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man must his blood be shed. And it's in the image of God that God has made man. This, in fact, came right from Genesis 9 verse 6. Man is made an image of God. The priority of any government is to protect the right to life of pre-born babies and every other law-abiding member of society. 
because those made in the image of God have inherent value. God has declared that anyone who takes the life of an innocent human being is to be executed. Murderers forfeit their lives by showing contempt for the lives of others. The creation mandate clearly implies the right to life, to liberty, and to the private ownership property. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 1.28. That's a creation mandate. And because of the depravity of man, God requires a decentralized state where most responsibilities, most powers rest on the local government, on the family, and on the individual. Centralization of power in a unitary state has always been a pagan tendency, as seen in Nineveh, Egypt, and Babel. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. It is necessary to limit and divide the powers of government in a system of checks and balances. Biblically, governments need to be separated into executive, legislative, and judicial branches of government, and because that's how God has revealed his government, that God is our lawgiver, God is our king, he is our judge, he will save us. Now, God can centralize all powers in himself because he is incorruptible, but man is corruptible and man is depraved, therefore man must have his governments separated into branches of government and we separate into executive, legislative, and judicial branches as a result of our God has revealed his government in Isaiah 33, verse 22. In South Africa, our government is geographically separate too. Our legislative capital is Cape Town, where we have our parliament. Our executive capital is Pretoria, where we have the union buildings and the president's office. And our legislative, our judicial capital is Bloemfontein, where we have our Supreme Court. And that is the way it should be, checks and balances. And even the legislature needs to be separated into the upper house, which is provincial, and the lower house, which is directly elected by the people. The Bible speaks of four spheres of government. God has instituted self-government, symbolized by a conscience. Family government, symbolized by the rod of discipline. Church government, symbolized by the keys of the church. And civil government, symbolized by the sword of justice. Now, we must obey our conscience, but to be honest, sometimes our conscience can be deceived. There are people who are terrorist bombers and so on, uh, suicide bombers and so on, who believe what they're doing is right. So you, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. And so you can be sincere, but sincerity is no proof of being right. People can be sincerely wrong. We should follow our conscience, but our conscience needs to be captured the word of God, as Martin Luther said. Family government, of course you should obey your parents, but... You do get wicked parents and you do get abusive parents and you do get parents who might be Satanists and want to sacrifice the child or abort their child. And plainly, not all civil governments, not all family governments should be honored. Some families try to sell their children into prostitution. There's all kinds of hideous things. There's families who've been involved in human trafficking of their own children. So families m must be submitted to, but of course you do get abusive parents, in which case that doesn't work. Similarly, church government. The church has the keys of church discipline and the keys of the kingdom, but it is possible to have false ministers and you do get abuse in the church and so there are times when one does need to resist. As Martin Luther said, popes and councils have often erred and contradicted themselves. My conscience has kept the word of God. Here I stand. I can do no other. So help me God. And so civil government also doesn't have a blank check. God doesn't give a blank check to anyone. And just as you have false ministers in the church, you have false teachers and false shepherds, you can have false ministers in the government as well. Government is meant to be a minister of God for justice, a minister of justice. And yet there are governments that are very unjust. There are governments that have 
seized power illegitimately through coup d'etats and revolutions and false elections and stolen elections. And so you do get governments that are false and do not have a legitimate authority. And some governments operate more like the mafia. Although, to be fair, what is the difference between a mafia and the government? Well, the mafia turns a profit. And what's the difference between organized crime and, uh, and the government? Well, organized crime is organized. And uh, what's the difference between the South African government and the Titanic? Well, when the Titanic went down, the lights were still on. So, plainly, we need to be cautious. All authority has been delegated by God. All authority is limited authority. All authority is answerable to God. No government, no authority has a blank check. It's all answerable to God, our Creator and our eternal Judge, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Civil servants are to serve. In the teachings of our Lord, it's clear that civil authorities are meant to be public servants. Matthew 20 speaks about the kings of the earth exiles lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But it should not be so amongst you. On the contrary, he who is greatest amongst you, let him be like the youngest. He who governs as the one who serves. Luke 22 and Matthew 20 makes it clear that civil authorities are to be servants, public servants, which is why we have the very concept of uh, civil servants. This is the reason why officials in civil government are called ministers or servants, deacons of God. The concept that civil government is a servant of its citizens is a uniquely Christian idea. And it originates from these verses, hence the term prime minister or first servant. And you used to have cabinet ministers signing letters with your humble servant. I've got some of those letters on file. In the land book, 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 Lex Rex, or The Law and the Prince, written by Samuel Rutherford in 1644, the Reformation principle is expounded that to be valid, all law needs to be rooted and grounded in God's law. For centuries, the prevailing philosophy had been rex lex, the Latin phrase meaning the king is the law. And as Louis XIV so famously declared, I am France and France is me, I am the state. And uh, the idea of the French totalitarian kings was that the king was the law and the king's word was law and the king is above the law. But the reformers reversed this Latin phrase Rex Lex to Lex Rex. The law is king. Not the king is law, but the law is king. The king is under the law. All civil authority is delegated by God. All civil authority is limited, and all civil authority is answerable to God. Obedience to tyrants and unjust laws is rebellion against God. Rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Similarly, the Huguenot book Vindici contra Tyrannos, or in defense of liberty against tyrants, makes the point that as citizens owe allegiance to the king, the king owes allegiance to the king of kings. If the king is in rebellion to the king of kings, we may not join in that king's rebellion. We have a high allegiance. The Scottish reformer John Knox declared, resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Hence, when Pharaoh of Egypt ordered the midwives to kill newborn Hebrew boys, the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. Exodus 1.17 Now this act of disobedience to the wicked command of Pharaoh is commended in the hall of faith. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Hebrews 11 makes it clear that the midwives and the mother of, Pharaoh, of Moses who disobeyed Pharaoh were obeying God and therefore are, are blessed and lifted up as examples of excellence. We read that when the Sanhedrin 
commanded the apostles not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus, Acts 4.18. We read that Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge, for we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. And despite further threats, the disciples of Jesus prayed for the boldness to disobey the Sanhedrin. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. When the apostle Peter was arrested and brought again before the Sanhedrin, the high priest demanded, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and you intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Acts 5.28 Government is not God. They are not our Lord and Savior. Government is not infallible. Only God, our Creator, and the Eternal Judge is all-knowing. Only God is all-wise. Only God is everywhere present, and only God is infallible. God's law is real law. All man-made laws must be grounded in God's law and must flow from the principles of the law of God. Any law not consistent with God's law is no law at all. It is invalid. Isaiah 8.20 says, To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And our Lord Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. John 8, verse 32. The COVID-19 lockdowns of 2020 were unjustified by scientific research. We didn't know at the time, but now we know. COVID-19 did not prove to be anything near as deadly as the Britonic plague or as devastating as the Spanish flu, and there's no medical proven justification for locking down over 3 billion people and committing what amount to economic suicide. Although the term suicide suggests a voluntary act, economic murder would be more accurate. The jobs of tens of millions of people worldwide were undermined and destroyed. Big tech, big pharma, big government united to crush family businesses and the small entrepreneurs. It would have made more sense to let the small businesses stay open and close the big, uh, massive shops. But instead, the massive shops were open and the small entrepreneurs were crushed. The COVID-19 lockdowns proved to be a cover for colossal corruption and for communist centralization and control. Galatians 5 verse 13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, not to use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love to serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The French Revolution was a government by committee. The so-called Committee for Public Safety, under the chairmanship of Maximilien Robespierre, chose who to guillotine. Over 40,000 Frenchmen lost their heads literally to the guillotine by order of the Committee for Public Safety. A further 300,000 were killed by firing squads and millions more died in the ruinous 25 years of revolutionary wars that flowed from the French Revolution. The word Soviet means committee, as in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the USSR. Hence, when the South African ANC government chose to sideline Parliament and replace it with a government of six, a committee of six, who they assured us consult their ancestors, it was an ominous sign. Not only was Parliament sidelined, but the Bill of Rights was effectively suspended by martial law type lockdowns and curfews. But no law is valid if it violates the Bill of Rights. Yet the extraordinary COVID-19 state of emergency or state of disaster violated the essential freedoms of religion, freedom of belief and freedom of opinion, freedoms of conscience, freedom of thought, freedom of expression, freedom of the press, 
freedom of association, freedom of assembly, freedom to demonstrate, freedom of movement, freedom to trade occupation for uh, prof trade and profession. The lockdown was clearly unconstitutional. No politicians have the right to declare people's livelihoods non-essential. The lockdown also seriously curtailed the freedom for cultural, religious and linguistic communities to gather and practice their religion in free association with others. Now I'm quoting directly from the South African Constitution Bill of Rights in these. Every country, though, has different wording with the same concepts. The lockdowns also violated principles of the rule of law and presumption of guilt uh, violates that principle because why were we being considered to be guilty without an opportunity to defend ourselves in court of law? If masks worked, why were lockdowns necessary? If lockdowns work, why were masks necessary? Why wear masks when on your own, in your home or in your car? Why do people walking alone outdoors need to wear masks? And you still see people walking or driving alone wearing a mask. Is there any medical science justifying such extraordinary, unprecedented requirements? Friends of mine who are dermatologists have said mask knee, acne, which is directly related to the wearing of masks, uh, became a major dermatological problem. Many people's skins revolted under the unhealthy, filthy, in many cases, cloth mask people were wearing time and, and day in, day out. The first requirement of good health is fresh air and then clean water, healthy food, regular exercise and a positive attitude. And the COVID cult violates all of that. You weren't allowed to breathe fresh air, you had to wear a mask. And people sing in churches wearing a mask, which is ridiculous. How can you sing wearing a mask? And this masquerade madness was not justified by any science. There's no evidence that it actually helped at all. In fact, in many cases, it, it made people sicker. And then repressing people's ability to get outside in the fresh air, the best thing you could have done to deal with in the pandemic is get out in the fresh air and get onto the beaches and get into the sun and into salt water. That would have been healthy. But no, army and police were mobilized to keep people off beaches and to keep people away from parks and from exercise. And my son even got arrested by a large number of security vehicles and police vehicle coming to arrest him because he's running alone around an empty field during the lockdown. Now, really and truly, there's no evidence that any of that was necessary or that it helped at all. No wonder many people um, refer to it as COVID-1984. George Orwell's prophetic warning, his political satire, the book 1984, seems ominously relevant today. George Orwell warned of a time when the Ministry of Truth, many truth, would deal with lies. The Ministry of Plenty, or many plenty, would deal with starvation and rationing. The Ministry of Love, or many love, would deal with torture. The Ministry of Peace, or many peace, would deal with war. And the media would communicate in newspeak and doublethink. And anyone questioning the official party line were guilty of a thought crime which was enforced by thought police. Those questioning the politically correct narrative could become unpersons, be vaporized, and disappear down the memory hole, which is so much like what was going on with Twitter and with Facebook, where people were being deplatformed and uh, having their posts declared f uh, false and t checked by f fact checkers. Now, I could sometimes post something, and within seconds, they would put it there as this has been fact checked. Well, how could they possibly fact checked it? It was only uploaded less than a minute ago, and yet they were already labeling anything that went against the official narrative as uh, uh, fake news or, or not true or misinformation and so on. And yet it's been proven that Twitter was responding to the directions of FBI 
and by government officials or by uh, the um, actual producers of the vaccines that there was a real collusion between big tech, big government and big pharma working together to suppress freedom of speech, as including that of medical professionals who are specialists in their realm. In Cape Town, in South Africa, we had Dr. Susan Foslew, who's a heart transplant specialist who's been transplanting hearts since 1988. She made the statement that the vaccine was more dangerous than the virus, and that especially for young men, that a higher survival rate for the virus than had for the vaccine. And the vaccine was particularly dangerous uh, in terms of strokes and heart attacks, which has been documented by films like Died Suddenly. And there's a lot more that we can learn from films like Plandemic, Plandemic 1, 2, and 3, and The Truth About Vaccines. Uh, these are some good documentaries that we need. And the origin of the, tracking down the origin of the Wuhan virus would also be very useful documentaries which document this. The hypocrisy, the double standards, the inconsistency of those advocating social distancing could be seen in the bizarre leftist justification of the BLM and TIFA EFF riots by the same people who condemned anti-lockdown protests as threats to spread the virus. So if you're burning down buildings, that was okay. But if you were just protesting against masks and um, mandatory vaccination and so on, uh, then you were in danger of, of spreading the virus. So very inconsistent. And we were facing a COVID cult with dogmatic demands to accept and comply, to submit and not to question. And if you question the masquerade, you're subject to shunning and inquisition-like persecution. Ignoring real crime and real threats, governments poured unprecedented amount of resources and energy into enforcing mindless requirements for even school children to wear masks at all times and locking down even churches over Easter. To this day, many congregations are not able to gather as government regulations prevented any churches meeting in a school, scout or guide hall. A right of assembly was suspended. And now they want to bring a lot of this back. When restaurant and hospitality industry workers peacefully processed in Cape Town, they were met with unprecedented violence by the police. The same police who had stood by doing nothing while mobs looted and burned and ransacked. Um, and, uh, but peaceful restauranteurs and hospitality workers were water cannons and had stun grenades thrown at them and tear gas to disperse the orderly march. 2 Timothy 2.26 says, and that they may come to the senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Masks dehumanize. This is the reason why people placed in front of firing squads traditionally have been made to wear a mask. This is not because of any concern for the person about to be shot. It's because it makes the task of the firing squad easier when the victim is dehumanized by having their face obscured. It's long been recognized that forcing Muslim women in the Middle East to wear a mask or a veil is dehumanizing. And there's Countries in the West, like France, have passed laws banning the veil only to enforce everyone to wear the mask. France forbade women to wear masks and veils in public for multiple reasons, including not to obscure your identity so that people take responsibility for actions or for accountability in behavior. And facial recognition, much like number plates in cars and trucks, are essential in a law-abiding society. Interestingly enough, South African law concerning protests passed in 1996 forbids the wearing of masks as any protest. This is so that people can be identified and determined in the event of any irresponsible action uh, to be able to call each person to account for what they've done. Crime seeks anonymity and masks aid in that. There's a great need for courage and integrity and steadfastness. The cultural mandate of Genesis 1 verse 28 and the Great Commission of Matthew 28 are being stifled and suffocated by those who advocate 
lockdown regulations or the Global Pandemic Treaty, which censors free speech and suppresses freedom, including freedom of religion. Now, Professor Martin Luther, 500 years ago, eloquently described, if I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition, every portion of the word of God, except precisely that point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I'm not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing him. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldiers proves. And to be steady on all the battlefront besides is mere flight and disgrace if he flinches at that point. No government has a right to interfere in the cultural mandate of the Great Commission. Civil authorities greatly outreach themselves and overextend themselves and exceeded their authority when they infringed on the essential activities of employers and employees, economical and agricultural enterprises, and the fulfillment of the creation mandate and the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. To those people who are trying to promote a global pandemic treaty aimed at censoring free speech and suppressing freedom, those who are trying to bring back mask mandates and mandatory vaccinations, we need to respond, we must obey God rather than man. If this virus is so deadly, why is it that we need to be tested to know if we've got it? And if the vaccine is so safe, why do we need to be forced and cajoled to take it? Logic uh, makes it clear that what is being done here is not about health. When you could have people uh, being able to cram into um, shopping centers uh, during the lockdowns, they could go to, in our country, for example, um, macro and pick and pay hypermarkets and cramming and people filling the planes and yet the churches were empty. You could have the abortion clinics open. You can have the bottle stores open, uh, but uh, you could not have, you could have the casinos open, but not the church. It didn't make sense. And the bizarre charade, when I had to fly from one part of the country to the other, we were forced to go through the charade of social distancing to get on the plane. Then they shoehorned us into the plane where we still elbow to elbow squeezed in to a limited place for the two hours of the flight. And then at the end of the flight, they go through the charade again of social distancing, one row at a time, keep your distance, keep a meter apart. Well, what point is this? We all were forced to be crammed into this aircraft uh, for the two hours, and now they're having us go to the charade of pretending we can do social distancing on the way in and out as though that's going to make any difference. If they can have casinos open, why can't churches be open? If political rallies can be held, then why could one not be able to uh, gather for um, cultural events? One of my sports is historic European martial arts, and we have to wear uh, masks, as in um, metal masks with our helmets to protect our face from sword fighting and so on. But they require us to have a cloth mask under a metal mask. Now, I would have thought sword fighting is one of those sports where you maintain good social distancing. Anyone who comes within a meter of you gets hit over the head with a big metal sword. So what better social distancing could that be? And we're wearing a metal mask, for goodness sakes. But no, we had to wear a cloth mask underneath. And as with any energetic sport, you need fresh air and you need to be able to breathe freely. To suppress a person's ability to breathe free air, fresh air is undermining their health. And so the insanity of this masquerade madness and the way how this was done, they're basically muzzles. This has nothing to do with health and it's been proven and there are vast amounts of doctors around the world, uh, such as America's frontline doctors and others, who have testified to the scam, to the fraudulent, uh, unmedical, unscientific things being required and stated and it's coming out. There's so much 
that's exposed, the fraud. They lied to us about everything. They lied to us about just just two weeks, just two weeks, just three weeks, just one extension, just another two weeks. And then they carried on and on for months and months and months. And then if you get the vaccination, you won't need to wear the mask. Then later, you get the vaccination, you must still wear the mask. If you get this vaccination, we promise you, you will not be able to contract COVID. You will not be able to spread it. And yet the very people who were double vaxxed, triple vaxxed, boosted and all that, they all got, they all got COVID. Everyone from um, Jacinda Ardern to uh, Justin Trudeau, um, Joe Biden, uh, uh, Boris Johnson, Ramaphosa, heads of state should advertise boldly in front of the cameras getting their vaccinations. And yet they still got COVID and uh, multiple times. And then it was found out that Oh, even when you've got COVID, you can still spread COVID. So all the things they promised were lies. They lied about every aspect of this. No, it didn't come from a laboratory in Wuhan. No, it's not man-made. And all these things have been proven to be false. Safe and effective? Not at all. Very unsafe, very ineffective. And we know people who died as a result of taking the vaccination. And there were people who were um, forced to get the vaccination by their workplace, even though later on, you get, for example, governments of Australia and New Zealand claiming nobody was forced to get the vaccine. But we've got them saying, you must get the vaccine or you will not be able to go to work, you will not be able to leave your house, you will not be allowed to go to the shops, you won't be able to gather in any social places. And they were very clear. So to say nobody was forced to get the vaccine is not true. People were thrown off aircraft because their two-year-old didn't want to have a mask on their face and kept pulling it off. And with brutality and callousness, you saw the ugly side of society during this masquerade madness, lockdown lunacy, as people were shouting at their neighbors, where's your mask? Wear your mask and get back inside and things like this and kicking people off buses, dragging them off, off uh, planes, uh, mistreating people in Australia, police literally beating up old women. There's a policeman, three uh, one-third the age of this grandmother who is spraying a pepper spray in her face while she's standing at his, lying at his feet and he's standing over her. And the hideousness, people beating up people, policemen grabbing women around the throat and strangling them because they weren't wearing a mask. How does this show that you care? In Zimbabwe, the government of Zimbabwe, Zanu PF, showed how much they cared about people's health. The police and army came into churches, rifle-butted the pastor in the face, in the pulpit, dragged him leaving a blood trail down the aisle as I dragged him outside, kicked him in the head outside, beat up other people, pistol-whipped people, rifle-butted people, um, kicked people. Uh, what more must the government do to show they care about your health? This obviously was never about health. This is all about control. And we need to have a balanced biblical response to lockdowns and masks. And we need to respond in the words of Christine Anderson, the MEP to the EU. We will not comply. no. We will not. And whatever it is, whether it's mosques, whether it's lockdowns, whether it's curfews, um, shutdowns or vaccinations, we must refuse to lock down. They lied to us before. How do we know they're telling the truth now? In fact, these people have no credibility, not the politicians and not the medical experts who went along with this lockdown lunacy, salvation by vaccination, COVID cult. And as for the blasphemy of those ministers who promoted it, we had a church in downtown Cape Town, the Methodist Church, one of the oldest Methodist Church in the country, off Green Market Square, beautiful stone church with stained glass windows. From the tower, they put down a big yellow banner. The blood of Jesus Christ cannot save you from COVID-19. Only a vaccination can. Get vaccinated now. 
Now, that's a lie. And it's so blasphemous and it's so dishonest and so untrue. What would have been more honest if the church put a banner saying, no vaccination can save you from the fires of hell. Only the blood of Jesus can. Now, that's the sort of message a church would be putting out. But this church is not known for evangelism. Went out of their way to put out a big banner there declaring the gospel of the COVID cult of salvation by vaccination. There were billboards in Cape Town where ministers wearing a clerical collar were saying, this vaccination will save your life. I mean, this is the terminology of, of religion, like evangelistic appeals. And to think that so many ministers and medical doctors and journalists prostituted their professions, violated their conscience by um, promoting this World Health Organization lie, this globalist totalitarian New World Order um, narrative that you had to comply with this masquerade madness, lockdown lunacy, and salvation by vaccination, COVID cult. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has set us free. Do not be entangled again by a yoke of bondage. We must not comply. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you want to learn more about these matters, I recommend that you watch the film Plandemic, and there are three versions now, Plandemic 1, 2, and 3, well worth watching. See the Plandemic film, uh, learn from America's frontline doctors, learn what Dr. Susan Fosler in South Africa said. See the film Died Suddenly. I mean, these are all films that would make one alert. And then tracking down the origin of the Wuhan virus is a very good expose as well. So do your own research, think outside the box, and refuse to be stampeded by the prostitutes who have prostituted their journalistic profession and are becoming propagandists for the globalist New World Order and the Sabbateans. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Take heed that no one deceives you. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless and good night.